Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you don't know how to communicate with the people you love and manage to attract two of the most communicative, emotionally intelligent guys and have them both fall for you. Truly, like the most intelligent, well-spoken, articulate men on TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Talking Ship Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Megan Fitzgerald. This podcast is part TV review, part relationship advice. We look at couples from TV that work or don't work, why we ship them or why we don't, and then we use these fictitious situations and couples to frame and discuss relationship themes in our non fictional lives. Because sometimes things are just more obvious when they're being played out on TV. And in this case, through literal song and dance. So (laughs) this week, we're talking about (laughs) Zoe's extraordinary playlist and digging into the love triangle between Zoe, Max and Simon and talking about uh, to put it nicely, romantic indecision. Uh, but really, we're digging into this flip-flopping between people when you can't make up your mind. What is this woman doing? We're going to talk about the Max option versus the Simon option, who Zoe is in our non-fictional lives, and why it's so hard for her to make a decision. And then we'll get into our thoughts about the finale and who she picked and how well it was handled and if ultimately we ship it. But before we dive in, I'm going to bring back my favorite person to talk about a love triangle with. You heard her before on our Jane the Virgin season. It's Jimena Medina, everyone. Hi, Jimena. Oh, hi. Um, It's funny because I was thinking about it. I was like, <laughs> Jane the Virgin and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Like, what does this say about my brand? I guess I'm like very loud and bright. <laughs> like, just like bright yeah. colors and like a little bit much. <laughs> yeah, you're the lo-fi, the lo-fi Instagram filter. <laughs> Yeah, well, that leads nicely. Let's like, let's get into the style of the show. Well, let's get into the show itself. But I think the style of the show has a lot to do with um, what I think about it. I love it. I think it's made for me. I think that the fact that it's a musical and one of the per- like, and the main character is fully aware that it's a musical and she's kind of, kind of hates it. It's just hilarious. Mm. I think it's so funny because I think it brings like the pessimism of like reality into this like magical world of song and dance. I genuinely feel like a private chef of show running concocted this show just for me. Like, I think it's so perfectly tailored to what I like. It's first of all, great for alumni of Glee who are just missing, missing their covers Um, And I love a cover and I love like the kind of chaotic energy that this show has to justify strong choices, strong choices being Bernadette Peters singing Cheap Thrills. Uh, I love that it's set in San Francisco. You don't see like I, I it's probably almost impossible to film there. But the pilot is like, I think, genuinely filmed there. And I'm from there. And that was so nice to see. I love being able to steal makeup ideas from another redhead. Um, she's giving me confidence to wear bolder colors. And especially this season, I think the show really found its niche um, in giving the people what they want. And they just let it become a smoke show. It's hot people singing songs that make us sweat. 
Like, are we kidding? The Backstreet Boys cover that they did this season? (laughs) The, oh my God, you know, I lost it at New York State of Mind. Oh my Uh, gosh, New York State of Mind was, oh. I'm sweating. That cover that Perry does of Unwell in the stairwell, he's like, I'm not crazy. I'm just a little unwell. I, oh my God, <laughs> lost my mind. And then any anything Alex Newell does on this show. Anything, anything. It, he a, is anything. so good. Incredible. Like effortless. He makes it look effortless. Uh, yeah, I think this show is truly perfect for horny musical theater girls that need to get their kicks on TV because we can't go to theater. Like if you are someone who's turned on by a man singing a piano cover of I'd Rather Be Sailing, then this show is for you. It is niche. I love it. And they have a ton of Broadway actors. Yes, they do have lots of Broadway actors. And that brings me into like one of my favorite songs was Hard Knock Life. Oh my God. It killed me. I just thought it was so funny to see these tech people just break into that song. I just, I loved that. I love that. And take me out to the ball game, like the club, mm-hmm. like when he's trying to not sing a heart song while they're going to yeah, have sex. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was so like, that is good. genius. <laughs> it's so good. My, I think it's Hard Knock Life. It's one of the Tech Boys song where they do a lot of rolling chair choreography, which I love. I love a group of men dancing. I can't get enough of it. So when you put them, and I love like prop, um, prop choreography, like when they incorporate the setting, you know, like oh, yes. Billy Modern Millie, where they have like, you know, the typewriters or whatever. Um, but with this, where they have the rolling chairs, it's so well done. Mandy, of course, this is like Mandy Moore's choreography. So it's genius. Um, my favorite song, I have, well, I have a few. My favorite group number is, I, I just think that Bye Bye American Pie that they did at the end of the season one, where it's all one shot. Yes. And they do the whole song. Oh my God, giving me theater, giving me drama, <laughs> giving me, and everyone had their own little storyline. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah, wow. they really do a great job at the ensembleness of it, where you care about every character, um, which is also, I think, like an NBC comedy thing, where you have to like, like every character, which I'll speak on in a moment. <laughs> but the other, my, I mean, my favorite, favorite song is 500 Miles. I, I was going to say that. Wait, that's one of like my top, what? my top, top, top. Oh, when he, my oh God. my gosh. <laughs> da, 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 da. Skylar Aston <laughs> making da, 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 da's sexy sense. Pitch perfect, baby. He is a master Honestly. of the craft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he knows how to just oh. make us wet with uh, syllables. <laughs> Um, he can do no wrong. He can do no wrong. He, yeah, that song killed me. And then also, obviously, I thought a moment like this was hilarious. Um, and then my favorite, I think there's one person in this writer's room. I think a lot, you know, obviously, I'm just speaking to how the show's like catered for me. But there's, I think I, my theory is there's one writer in this writer's room that's mostly writing for Max, who just, who writes these like one-liners where like, they're talking about a moment like this. And it's when he's giving her the like, album of it or something and she's like oh it's our song and he goes it's america's song yes <laughs> oh so i think i love that one just like mostly for that joke because it is america's oh song i do have some criticism of the show and i think it, it's gonna matter because it, i think it does lead into like who zoe is as a character um mm-hmm. i wonder if this show 
a little bit suffers from being on NBC and having this certain kind of, as we were saying, loafy, shiny uh, network comedy style where it has to be super feel good. Because I feel like the show could benefit or be interesting if it was a little bit darker, especially because Zoe's character, Zoe's kind of shitty. Like, yeah, 100%. They're so focused on making her likable and cute and quirky and have sweaters that we lose that this is an emotionally distant person learning to open herself up to love and friendship and big feelings for the first time. And I actually think that that's a super interesting arc because she's being forced to do this. I just wish they leaned into who she was before these powers a little bit more. And we saw that she was... Um, you know, more emotionally distant and guarded and uninterested in getting involved in people's messy emotions. Because we all know someone who's like that, who we've or we've all been forced to date somebody who isn't good at that and isn't good at recognizing like with their own emotions, which they speak to, but also isn't good with reckoning with emotions generally. And there are so many men that I wish in my past that I wish were forced to reckon with this. But I think because the network comedy style is like our main character is going to learn by the end of the episode and being able and be able to articulate what she needed to know. I'm like, this feels really, like really easy for her. There are some times where I'm just like, they could have stayed mad at her longer. Like she did something bad. Absolutely. She was fucking rude to Simon. Like, no. Well, even with the whole race, like at the arc they did on like race issues in the workplace, which was like a beautiful storyline, Zoe's terror like handles it terribly, horribly, absolutely, horribly. just girl, come and on, I, yeah. And and there's so many times where like we'll speak on this in a bit where people are being so communicative with her and she doesn't handle it well. And then by the end of the episode, she's like, I'm sorry, here's what I learned. And I'm like, I wish that they had let her be messier longer and like be a little darker for longer. And then I feel like the therapy at the end of season two and this big, you know, reveal at the end of season two would be more earned. Um, But I think that's just like not the style of the show. No, they want to make her look great, which she does. And loving the red hair, loving a redhead as a main character. Yeah, you know how I feel about it. I'm just like I know. 50% <laughs> thrilled and like 50% incredibly jealous. Okay, let's get into our thoughts on this love triangle. Just like a brief preview on our thoughts of it. I love a love triangle. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that this one in particular has, like, I thought it was going to go somewhere else. I don't know. I thought mm-hmm. like in the first season, I was like, yes, this love triangle, of course. Like, oh, Max or Simon or whatever. But she fucks up so bad and is just so emotionally unavailable during the second season that I'm just like, take these men away from her. I agree. I really feel like this love triangle shifted my point of view on love triangles and especially like what I tend to root for because I've always rooted for the best friend in a love triangle you know you know you know yep yep yep. Um, no way girl we're on the same page (laughs) um and as I said I I love Skylar Aston like so much almost to the point where my takes on this episode (laughs) maybe should not be trusted because I'm just so unreasonably 
into him. I think he's actually one of my four. So I think there's four men on TV, which I'm so unreasonably attracted to them and them as this character that I cannot possibly be trusted to give objective opinions about their characters and their characters love lives. And they are as follows. It's Skylar Aston as Max on this show. It's Kendrick Sampson as Nate on Insecure. Can't be trusted. I just think he's perfect. Um, <laughs> Peter Herman as Charles on, Ins- on Younger. Uh, it just it oh my gosh, yes. about him and then Michael Zegan on as Joel Joel Maisel on Marvel's Mrs. Maisel I uh, I feel like I have I have been into somebody truly because he looked like Michael Zegan um, <laughs> I just I become weak like they can do no wrong in my book so that being said I think this show did shift my feelings on the best friend trope and I don't know if it's because I love Skylar Aston's character so much and I think he's done such a good job and they wrote Max so well, or is it like Zoe was so bad that my point of view shifted in spite of me loving Max's character? I put myself into the shoes of like being his best friend and I'm like, mm-hmm. I would hate Zoe's character. Oh, I would just absolutely. be like, you need to leave. You need to drop this friend. She's not even your friend at some points. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, all I want for Skylar Aston is to be a romantic lead. He deserves it. He's a short king and it's his time has <laughs> He's come. He's a short king. He really is. Let's get into relatable content. Because woo! even without <laughs> your will. So even without magical powers or a tech job with a gorgeous open floor plan, you may have found yourself in a Max Zoe Simon situation before, and here are some ways how. You may relate to a Max Zoe Simon love triangle if you have a shared traumatic experience with someone and feel indelibly bonded to them in some ways. If a best friend confesses feelings for you and you don't know how to handle it. Whew, if you have so much going on in your head that you can't be present with other people. If you, the person you're with, and another person who's liked you all attempt to be friends. That's so hard. (laughs) I can't believe they even thought this was remotely possible. If a friend turned you down romantically, but still seems extremely concerned with your feelings, who you're dating, your life choices, etc., If you don't know how to communicate with the people you love and manage to attract two of the most communicative, emotionally intelligent guys and have them both fall for you. Truly, like the most intelligent, well-spoken, articulate men on TV. It's upsetting. It's like, what does she have? If emotional instability attracts that, then I'm in. (laughs) No. See, this is the thing. We can't. This is, it's irresponsible NBC (laughs) to go around just being like, be unavailable and you'll attract the perfect men. It's irresponsible. Um, So that (laughs) leads us into today's topic, which is we're talking about romantic. I'm just going to say it's romantic flip flopping. She's flip flop, flip flop, flop. (laughs) Actually, that did probably work because she flop flops with in the end. Um, So let's (laughs) talk about why. Does Zoe seem to alternate so quickly in her feelings from one guy to the other? When do we see this happen in our real lives? And why why does it happen? And what do we do when it does? So I think we should just start by defining who these two men are to Zoe. Because I do wonder if a lot of, quote, indecision in romantic 
situations comes down to a similar thing, which is where you have this shared history option and this insane chemistry option. I think so. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I totally think that that's what it is. I mean, that's what it is in the long, it's like the big circles and then we have little like specificities in the inside. Totally, totally. So let's go into the specificities and start by defining Max, who's our shared history option. And we'll go through kind of the pros of a Max because it's more than just literal history. I think it's also higher stakes. They have more knowledge about you. So let's go through and define what a Max is kind of through the timeline. Starting from number one, they have this strong origin story, which we see in the flashback. I died. That origin story is like my my dream. That's like exactly what I want is to meet some guy and have him just fall in love with me immediately because that's what happens. Immediately. He immediately just like likes her and they have good banter and it's from day one. And he would like, who meets someone and for the first time ever decide not to take a position in a job because she, he, he can tell that she wants it more. I know that's so unrealistic, but hey, look, I, I still know. dream about it. Yeah, that's kind of, cr- that was to me, I was like, he what? <laughs> yeah. they do kind of lean into like, Max doesn't really want, has never really like loved this job. This isn't his passion. So I was like, I guess it's kind of justified. Um, but wild that their origin story is is him sacrificing her from, sacrificing for her from the beginning, um, which I have some problems with, which we'll speak on later. But also from this episode, ooh, the Ed Sheeran cover. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> That's also like one of my favorite songs ever, even though it was overplayed on the radio. I still can't get enough. I hadn't heard it in a while, so it felt good. Also, just like I love battling harmonies. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) And Um, I like that it's a heart song before heart songs are a thing. So then number two, a a max option. Uh, I think this is often the case. They're best friends. They're they're BFFs. And through rough years, like he knows a lot about the rough things she went through. And he knows her dad. Which at this right. point is going to be like such a thing that she will always remember. Like, the, you know, the fact that mm-hmm. he has, she has that dream and then his dad comes back. I mean, her dad comes yep. back and then you see mm-hmm. Max. It's like, well. I should also speak on at this point that this is the third Peter Gallagher appearance on the shows we've covered on this podcast. He's also on the OC and New Girl. So glad to have him again. Peter oh, Gallagher glad so to much. have him Love back. Him. Wow. <laughs> Guest of honor. <laughs> Um, but to your point, I also love that Max, uh, when they're all saying goodbye to Zoe's dad, Max is like, oh, I told him exactly how I feel about his daughter. Oh, mm. melted. Um, mm. Which leads nicely. I think the the fourth point is that a shared history person has been there in the hard times. And this is, again, why I love the 500 Miles song because just as an acts of service person this sentiment of like i will always be here for you and i'm going to deliver on what you need in the hardest moments and when you're panicking and you can't handle things i will fucking be there that's the most romantic thing on earth to me so seeing him being like i'm gonna get you to your dad i'm gonna kick this man i am 510 and i'm gonna (laughs) threaten to punch this man to get you a scooter and get you to your dad it's amazing. And also we see him be there for her several times. Like their origin several story times. when she when she like is singing out loud and they do the pressure song in Oh the yeah. And he goes <sighs> in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. What even is Zoe's love language? She doesn't even have a love language. She hates all love. Yeah. Well, I think that's the point. 
She has literally, I'm like, she can't be touched because we've seen her like, like cringe mm. at someone's touch. And I just feel like mm. any type of like act of caring towards her, she just rejects it. No, I think that's, I think that's <laughs> the arc, right? Is that she's learning how to accept it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of, I think this is again why uh, a pro of a Max type of person is that he knows all this about her. This he is so patient with her because he knows her quirks and her what sh- her strengths and her weaknesses and what she can handle and what she can't. And he is such an excellent communicator about all of this. I really feel like with with Max and Simon both. <laughs> I think they were like, we're going to write really modern men with these yeah. characters, which I love for so many reasons. And I think it's so realistic that millennials and Gen Zs are very in their feelings. And yes, we still have toxic men who can't deal with their emotions. But we also have men that probably grew up with strong role models and go to therapy. And we have men who volunteer at voter registration booths and march in women's marches. So I, I do think it's very realistic to have a dude communicate the way that he does. And I'm glad they did that with both of these leading men, that they made them such strong communicators. When she's having, um, this is when Max and Zoe are together in season two, and she's having these nightmares where she can't get out of the house. And he's all every single scene, he's like, do you want to talk about it? I'm right here. Yeah. Which is a great lovely line do you want to talk about it i'm right here she wakes up in the middle of the night and his immediate thought isn't like oh i'm so annoyed that you woke me up it's not like go back to sleep zoe it's let's talk about it and then when she's continuing to not be present and in her feelings and again this is my this is my exact point is that when she can't be present with him the fact that she's able to articulate like i just I am so in my head. I can't be present with you. And that's not fair to you. Like, I wish they had done a little more showing and a little less telling. I wish she mm-hmm. had not been able to articulate that and had given her long, longer to figure it out. That's, that's right. what I mean in the, like, being darker in the show. But right, right, right. he, in these moments, he uses these I statements and he's like, he says, I don't know what's going on with you, but whatever it is, it doesn't make me feel very good. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, what a... <sighs> incredible way how do we communicate that you're frustrated without blame without anger and i think that is that is partially just the benefit of like he happens to be a good communicator but i sometimes think when you have a shared history person they know you and they know how to communicate with you right he's gonna say things that in a way that doesn't make her run away even though she probably will anyway he like knows how to say things mm-hmm. so that she thinks and she feels bad for it instead of her getting defensive. Um, and then, you know, the other thing about a shared history person about a Max is that they do want the best for you and they're not willing to lose you from their lives. So they try to stay friends. Mm-hmm. And even when she so he's a understanding when she asks for the pause. Right. Um, but then they try to stay friends and he gives her this gift and he's like very understanding when she dates Simon, who she Which is crazy for months and months that she had no chemistry with. Yeah. It's absolutely wild to me. I mean, like that I think is where you were saying, like, that's not reality. I think that like if somebody really went to be with if you're like the girl you were in love with went to be with the guy that you were like jealous of and you were yeah, just okay with it and still managed to stay about. friends literally the guy yeah yeah mm-hmm. yes all the memes ever mm-hmm. the guy she tells you not to worry about yeah yeah, uh, yeah exactly and uh, this is like the last point is i think like th- this is kind of a con to a max option is 
wanting to stay friends after you've kind of dated, but having this weird jealousy, like it's messy. I think it's messy that they stay friends so soon after the pause. And it's messy to stay friends after the many times she rejects him in season one and is like flirting with Simon in front of him. It's all too soon. And I think this happens a lot when friends develop feelings for each other and then stay friends because there's still a weirdness that you haven't let go of and it's the like caring about this friend more than all of your other friends. And I think this is why we see them have this tension and kind of start fighting when he's thinking about going to New York. Because I think from his point of view, he's like, you didn't mm-hmm. choose me. Like, you're not with me. Why do you care so much? And she doesn't quite know why she cares so much. And so she's acting weird. And I just think it can be really this is the downside of like a high stakes shared history person is that like it really can get messier especially if things don't work out Mm -hmm. okay and we're gonna take a quick break to talk about our partner this week and it's a big week because talking ship finally landed adam and eve baby i feel like you're not a real podcaster that talks about relationships until you get that adam and eve sponsorship and this is the week And if you don't listen to other relationship and sex podcasts, let me tell you about Adam and Eve. It is the number one adult toy superstore on the web. They have everything. Classic sex in the city vibrators, new wave insecure vibrators, butt plugs straight out of girls, really anything, any sex toy ever mentioned on any TV show. They have it on Adam and Eve. Seriously, they have literally everything. So it's a great shop if you're buying something for you, something for your partner, something for your girlfriend. We're all going to bachelorette parties this summer, finally. So hit up Adam and Eve because your friends are going to need to still keep it spicy once they are married women. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to adamandeve.com and you're going to end up with free stuff. Select almost any item for 50% off. And then Adam and Eve is just going to load on even more free stuff. What you're going to do is enter the offer code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout and get 10 free gifts when you purchase something. 10 free gifts. You get a sexy item for one partner, a sexy item for the second partner, and then a sexy item for you to enjoy together. And, and six, uh, six films, six short adult films. And free shipping. So again, adamandeve.com. Use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, adamandeve.com. Get your stuff for you. Get your stuff for your partner. Get your stuff for your friends. And aspire for a bigger, better, healthier, sexier life. Isn't that what watching TV romance is all about? All right. Wow. This was thrilling. I'm going to get back to the episode now. Let's talk about the Simon. Um, Simon being, kind of put it to put it in broad terms, the kind of instant connection, instant attraction, instant chemistry option. So from the beginning, instant attraction. Instant attraction. We all know it. She knows that this man is hot. He's hot. Uh, And we see her like lose her cool around him pretty quickly, which for Zoe. And I think that's so exciting. Exactly. Exactly. It's like the exciting moment because she's like trying to always keep her cool. She meets this guy and she's like, wait, for the first time ever, I get to like, I like kind of lose it around him. He must be special. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I must mm-hmm. like him. It's a little confusing because even if she didn't, she wouldn't know at the moment until she tried it. 
Right. Right. And we do see her kind of get her hopes, put hope into him because she's very disappointed when his uh, stunning fiance walks down the stairs. A fiance. Mm-hmm. A, classic, a classic. Always makes them more desirable. It's so fu- so many rom coms happen when somebody's engaged. My engagement's gonna be so fast. It's gonna be like two weeks. <laughs> I'm, gonna be like, I'm not risking it. I'm not risking you falling in love while we're engaged. And then of course, because this hap- this happens pretty quickly, is that we get to this shared trauma and this shared connection over lost dads. And I think that's one of the things that they have like that's the thing that really brings them together the most. I think mm-hmm. it's something that yeah. she's in going through a such a rough time in her life and even though max has been there through all of it he would never will Mm -hmm. never understand exactly how it feels to lose someone yeah and i i do think that the having somebody to talk to who understands it is hugely important right like that's why we see groups of people come together you know that's why there are grief circles that's why there are groups on you know online forums of people who've gone through the same thing we do need that connection with somebody who has gone through what we have gone through and i think that that's such an attractive option for both of them not only because he's super communicative about it with her but she also because of her powers gets this like very insider's view and sees him sing and cry and be very vulnerable about it and i think for zoe who's not in touch with her emotions sees someone who does connect to what she's going through and can't help but be drawn to that totally and i think also because when she talks to max about it she feels like no matter how hard he tries she's she's never gonna get that like i understand from him even if she tried like she was she was also not trying enough i don't think like at times she was like what like you don't even get it it's like okay stop being a teenager doesn't mean he can't empathize with you. Exactly. And, you know, he deserves credit for trying. And, and exactly. But he yeah. just never will be like Simon. Never will know. Right. There is something with the Simon. You know, obviously they have this like flirty, sexy um, chemistry, but it's also forbidden um, mm-hmm. because they well apparently the fact that they work together doesn't matter because everyone in this office is dating but um (laughs) because he is engaged they can't be together and i think it's sexy because it can't happen but i also think that there's something around how having a crush on someone who's unavailable feels safer because you'll never have to really you're less likely to have to reckon with your emotions and for zoe who's emotionally avoidant it is kind of ideal yeah, totally. And you don't have to blame yourself. Mm-hmm. You just blame the other person or the circumstance. You're like, well, he was engaged. That's why it didn't work out. Or, well, right. you know, whatever. Or I can't possibly, like, talk about my feelings for him because he's engaged. Though she does eventually mm-hmm. talk about her feelings for him. Yeah. Which, again, I can't believe she, you know, went from zero to being in a place of, like, I do have feelings for you and I have to be honest about it. And then there's this idea that it's this kind of, like, sexy option i want you to want me option versus the like max option which is the i'm yours and i think the simon is kind of like the sexy passionate fiery option and i can see with based on where zoe was i mean i can see many people choosing that but i get it because of where zoe is and her like emotional uncovering that the sexy passionate fiery option 
um, feels, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think like this feels easier? Yes, 100%. I think this feels like the safe choice. Even though one mm. might be like, why, how is it the safe choice? It's because she's so strongly, I think in her subconscious knows that Max is always going to be there, that she's mm. willing to take this risk, try it out, dip her toes in the water. And then if it's too cold, just run back to the one that will be there. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say this leads to the next thing pro of, of Simon is that there is something about Simon when they are together. She lets her guard down a bit more. She and I does. Think that's because it's newer, because there's all this chemistry. Like when they there's a song when he is singing, um, singing to her where she like, oh, it's when they're singing into you. I am so into, into you. That like yeah. sexy into you cover um, where she like lets herself kind of like dance with him i think that's her kind of letting go of her armor a little bit and i think there that's something to be said for somebody that had that happens with so naturally instead of max who kind of has to like tear down her armor right but that's i think because she's scared right she's scared Mm -hmm. to like have max not like her for who she is even though he already knows her so well yeah, or when she's afraid to lose him, I exactly. think is like the big thing they're trying to... And with Simon, it's like, she could just like dance it out for a sec. It's like when you go to Europe, I don't know, or if you ever go traveling and you like stay at a hostel and go out and you like are flirting with everyone and just like... Yeah. Like, you because they, you'll never get to see them again. So you just like, you, you play yeah. with this like loose part, loose spirit that you haven't maybe done in a while. Yeah, well, I think there's something actually like really nice to that. And I think with the newer person, the new chemistry, instant chemistry person, you there's this idea of I think like reinventing yourself a little bit. Yeah. And, and because with the older with the shared history person, you have this like, old baggage that you now get to avoid and shed and be new and in the show we see her you know she doesn't tell simon about the powers she doesn't have to carry that into the simon relationship and she can you know just lean into this new sexy dancing along with simon version of herself yes and now that you're talking about this i hadn't realized that you're right this this is good for her and it's totally kind of like a learning experience now that she knows how what it feels Mm -hmm. like to be this fun like laid back part of herself with this guy i think she can Mm -hmm. bring that on to max or let's hope she does totally totally okay so that's both of them so kind of now let's uh i'm not gonna say fight about it but let's like let's talk about it what do we think she gets from max versus what does she get from simon I think from Max, she gets stability. He's like a cushion. Like she, she, she can be safe. She, she can, he can, she can fall onto the safety net, I think. And also friendship. And also like her family knows him. It's like, it's, it's a deep root in her life now because they've been friends for so long. And during such like important time in your life, after college, trying to get a new job or whatever, I don't know. I think Simon could have gotten there too, but I do think that that's why because there's so much there's so much shared history and such strong roots that that's why the fear of losing him freaks her out a little bit. And I will say for all of Max's like strong communication and this is not to criticize that because I, I listen, we we stan 
just being like, this is what I want and this is how I feel. And I think he does that so beautifully. But I think for her, he comes on really strong because he is totally. ready to make this commitment and is bold enough to spell it out for her in certain times. Like even when she has the song, the episode where she's singing out loud and she sings, I'm yours to match Max. And she sings, I want you to want me to Simon. He says, one of these songs is about love and one of these songs is about lust. And then, you know, when he wants a relationship in season one, she's like, I'm afraid of losing you. I'm afraid of losing our friendship. And he says something about like, or it'll make our friendship stronger. Like he's so confident Mm -hmm. about what he wants. And it's so not where she is. And that like always felt a little out of adjustment to me. I'm like, how can you not see that she is nowhere near you need where you need her to be to have this relationship i think it's a little bit of denial in his part Mm -hmm. and i think that i think that comes out a couple of times because there are some times where i think he's listening Mm -hmm. or what is it is it listening but not hearing or he's hearing yeah Yeah. like i could understand why someone Mm -hmm. wouldn't get it but i know you do you just don't want to accept it right exactly and i think even even when they do get together and like their first kiss on the couch he's like why'd you do that and she's like i don't know i wanted to where it's like those are her stakes is and that's where she is romantically emotionally intelligent Lee, and he's at 500 miles you know yeah and, yeah. <laughs> and then even when they really... are t- he's all in and she's like i don't know i just wanted to kiss you and then even when they are together in the beginning of season two her concerns are like I really want to have sex with him. And there's that whole plot line about them having like alone time. It's not like I'm so excited to be here, uh, to be here with this man that I've loved for so many years. Right. Um, So yes, she gets this like safety and security, but I don't know that that's what she's ready for. And I just think that that's a very like non-fictionally applies. Like I, I think we have seen those couples that are out of adjustment with each other in our non-fictional lives all the time where one person is like, I'm so ready for this. I've wanted this for a long time. Or even if you haven't wanted it for a long time, like even if you're not a max, you're like, I'm ready for you to meet my parents. I'm ready for you to come meet my friends. And the other person's like, I don't know. I kind of just like them. It's going well. Right. Oh my gosh, totally. A lot of the time that can reach ahead. Yeah. I I get so frustrated because even though I totally am the type of person to, to be in those relationships and be like, I'm just seeing what's happening. When like I have had friends where they're like, I'm just seeing what hap- what's happening or whatever. And I'm like, no, this person actually really likes you and wants to like date you or the opposite way yeah. where they're like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, we're like, yeah, we've been hooking up for this long. Like it's, and I really like them. And I'm like, oh no, but this person is kind of like unsure still. Right, right. Whereas I think Simon, so Max, so there's all this like kind of, I don't want to say like baggage, but there's all these stakes with Max, whereas Simon provides this option that I think does Here's what my theory about it is I think he gets her out of her head and truly into her body. Mm. And I think that's why she was able to communicate with Simon more freely and she was more in touch with her attraction to him. Yes. Because this chemistry was easy versus sometimes I think with Max, it felt a little bit forced. Right. And I think that that also comes with the fact that Max is so communicative, but that's not what she needs. So sometimes mm-hmm. it like it gets her in her head. It's like when I used to go to the movies or like if I go to the movies with someone and after the movie, they're like, so what do you think? I get like uh-huh. frustrated because I need three days for it to sink into my body. And I might like it just because mm-hmm. it made me feel a certain way and I can't put it into words. And I think 
that that's what's happening with Max and her. Whereas Simon's like, let's watch a movie. And then they go watch it and then they sit with it and they're like, yeah, that was good. Okay, yeah. And then they move on to the next thing, you know? They're both, I think they feel things a little bit more in their bodies. And so she feels misunderstood by Max. Wow, I just... I I can't believe I just came up with that right now. I feel like that's wow. really clever. That's, <laughs> that's really that's, what's happening. You know, you're like, <laughs> I am a genius. Yeah, no, I agree. And so I guess my next question was like, do you feel like though this comes down to just like a love high stakes option or a lust option? Because I kind of feel like um, I don't think it's as simplistic as like, oh, it was just chemistry when they couldn't be together it was it was just i want you to want me and there's no foundation there i really do think they had a connection and they had something special. right but i think that at the end of it all i think that simon was way more into her and she kind of in a way almost like had him more as a friend do you know what i mean it was like mm. a trial for her it seemed at least when they were in a relationship towards the end of season two it seemed like she was really like knew it being in a relationship, you know? And she's like, oh, I'm just yeah. trying to be the best girlfriend. Like, oh, hey, babe. Hey, babe. It seemed like yeah, it was... Arguably, sorry, not to cut you off, but like forced in the same way that we were saying it felt forced with Max earlier. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely not as black and white as love versus lust. But I think mm-hmm. it does it... I guess it does it become like what overpowers that? Does it go all the way to the beginning to like when they met and how she just had more of a physical attraction to Simon and more of like a romantic emotional attachment to Max friendship wise. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if it's kind of like when you shed off the chemistry, what is still standing Mm -hmm. and what is important. And I wonder if like with Simon, when you shed off the chemistry and the sexual attraction, they still do still, Oh my God, they still do have this shared connection over their fathers, right? And that is important. Right. But I wonder just like at the end of the day, I think it's that that wasn't enough. And so I think the story that they chose to tell with this love story is that Max is the one she has this deeper, higher stakes emotional connection to. She just wasn't ready for it at the time versus Simon was this sexy, right. new, talented, sexy option the reality is that the connection that they share really wasn't enough, strong enough to sustain Zoe. Right. And to sustain a relationship. Absolutely. She um, can't just make a relationship based off of their dead fathers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was... Ooh. Yeah. Oh. But here's my... I think a lot of the time, this was like part of my epiphany, is that I think the Simon option can be the better option. Because I think the best friend who's always been in love with you option can be so tortured and complicated and confusing. And you have spouts of like not being ready for it and hurting their feelings and then wanting it and having it be confusing to navigate and having this high pressure moment like this stakes can add tension to the relationship. So sometimes I think it can be better when a Simon comes along and you're just like, wow, this person is amazing. They respect me. They understand me. We have chemistry. I don't need to force chemistry onto somebody who's already in my life. I'll just invest new memories, new foundation into this new and wonderful person. So, and I have friends like this where it's like, uh, you know, there are people for years where we're like, oh, this person's going to wake up one day and realize that they're in love with you. And then 
someone new comes along and we're like, oh, thank God. No, it's this person because this is so easy and it's no not complicated and it's wonderful because it's a new fresh start. Right. I, I think, think a lot of the times that can be the right choice. I guess my question is, even if you did find this new person, you'd still not want to lose the max, right? The guy that's been there forever, right. but then it's never going to go away. So what do you really do? Because if you have a Simon and want to and go with that, but still have a max, the Simon is always going to feel second. Right. Like, I don't think she could have. And I think this is what happens with her. It's like they chose not to tell the story of like the Simon is actually the better choice because it's new and fresh and that's wonderful. They chose to tell the story of when really faced with losing this person, with losing your max. Right. Like there is the loss trope that they have in the entire mm -hmm. series, which is she lost her dad. And then she clearly has some trauma and doesn't want to lose her max. Right. Yeah. So I think what you do, but I partially feel like if Simon had been the option, it would have been good for Max to go to New York and like create. I think he should have gone to New York. I really do. Well, I we'll think get like. Into that in a okay. Yeah. Let's get into it later. <laughs> well, let's talk about. Okay. Well, because we'll talk about the finale in a second, but let's get into like Zoe. Why is this all so hard for her? So let's talk about emotionally unavailable humans. Oh my gosh, uh, my favorite. They, right, <laughs> my favorite type of person to fall for. And uh, be. And what's funny is I think that Zoe's behavior would feel much more familiar on a male identifying character because not to be super broad term sweeping, let's get drunk and talk about the difference between men and women at 2 a.m. kind of way. I, but I do think broadly, uh, women are more, are almost overly in touch with people's emotions and their own emotions. And I kind of do think it's a little bit brilliant of the show to flip this stereotype because as we've spoken to a thousand times, the men she's interested are so in touch with their feelings. Mm -hmm. um, but basically in our non-fictional lives, I think Zoe is that not emotionally unavailable dude that your yeah. friend can't get over. Yeah. She, it's the guy that like treats your friend like a boyfriend. Uh, but then when he's asked if things are serious, he like shuts down and can't handle it. And then goes to sleep with somebody who has lower stakes totally. because he can't deal with with the enormity of the relationship. And stereotypically speaking, I feel like if it were a girl, if like if it was a girl that was emotionally unstable, she'd still feel so guilty and so bad. And I think Zoe lacks a little bit of mm -hmm. that like, uh oh, I did this. There are consequences that come with it. She does that in like more yeah. of a like male way, if you will. Right. And choosing not to deal with it. And I think that's why mm -hmm. it's so hard for her to choose. I think that's why what this emotional flip flopping comes down to is I think you'll flip flop between people if you're not in touch with your feelings at all. And that's the thing about these powers that there is that kind of an excuse to focus mm -hmm. on everybody else but her. So she can't possibly in touch be in touch with wanting Max and being able to articulate that to him or to herself because it's so big and scary. And then, of course, like we have these moments where our bodies and our hormones and instincts come in and she lets her guard down like when she sings, I'm yours, and then she kisses him and she dates him. But I don't think even when that's happening, she's super conscious of what she's doing. Exactly. Because even when they are dating, she's not in touch with the enormity of it, which reminds me of like dudes who are like, oh, I didn't realize that this was serious. Uh, I just didn't really think about it. Like, I yeah, don't no, think no, no, totally about it at all. 
I think she doesn't even realize she has so much emotional unavailability. I think that that's nice. I think it's been nice to see it sort of through the first and second season because she doesn't realize it until she like gets a therapist and it's like, why am I feeling like this? I think other than that, she was just like, oh, what? Like it just so aloof to it just went right over her head that she wasn't dealing with her problems because she was dealing with other people's problems. She always had kind of a distraction, like you were saying. And then I think along, like, I I see why she flip-flops to Simon because Simon comes along and he's sexy and confident and, like, honest about his feelings and it's less complicated. So she's with him until he starts asking for more, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. And then she realizes she can't give it to him. I think this is what shows that they might not work is she tries by being literally not herself at all Mm. she tries by like doing what he likes but she can't even like i feel like there's compromise and you can do what a person likes and still like actually like kind of like it because they like it but i don't think she does Mm. that she was fully like doing what he liked because that's what a good partner would do without actually taking a second to be like i enjoy my partner so i enjoy this yeah and i but i think that comes down to her her still having this resistant and resistance with the Simon relationship is still because she even though she's claiming to want to be a good partner she still hasn't let her guard down which leads me to my theory about the finale and the heart song thing mm-hmm. um so let's get into it if you're not caught up spoiler alert we're going to talk about the finale so before we talk about you know what we think about the ending let's talk about um do you have theories about the powers and what it means that he can hear her? Yes, yes, I do. Wait, wait, wait. That's crazy. You literally just read my mind. Oh my God. First of all, the from the moment I heard him sing, I knew it was about her. Just based, the way, based off the way the show has gone, it doesn't seem like they would do that. He wouldn't just leave, although he should have. I feel like it could have been a little juicy. But um, I think the fact that she, he, he hears her means that they really have an emotional connection that she can't have with Simon. Like, it's not just because... Mm. Like, she doesn't even sing for, for, for Mo. Like, how silly can you be? I feel like from just singing to him, being the only person you sing to, shouldn't that... Shouldn't you know? I don't know. Okay, so here's, here's my theory. I think there's some implication from the dream sequence... And her saying there's someone very powerful watching over us, all this stuff, that her dad sort of gave her these powers somehow in the like mystical, magical element of the show mm. um, to make sure that he that she opened herself up to love and to friendship and to big feelings by kind of forcing her to be in touch with them with other people. Oh, my God. My theory is that when she finally does, when she is finally clear about how she feels and embraces her own feelings with as much passion and conviction as and clarity as the very emotionally intelligent people around her, and she's open to both feeling and sharing her emotions, then the person she is willing to share her heart with gets to hear their hearts, her heart song because they know her heart. And so I think it's... It's only when she's like, Max, I want to be with you. I want to give this a real shot. And she is fully feeling and embracing of that. When she finally embraces it, then he gets to hear the song. And I think that's the like magic of it. Right. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. If they have a season three, she's just going to mess it up. (laughs) 
Well, that's okay. So let's go into the age old question. Let's end the episode with do you ship it? No. So do you ship? You don't ship it. Because look, I overall don't think I ship it because Mm -hmm. I think too much about if I were in her shoes, I think that I was being unfair. And if I was in his shoes, I'd just be over it Mm -hmm. and like really upset and would it would probably be better for us to just not just like get closure from each other. Yeah. But I think it depends on the outcome as well. Like if I really felt like this person was going to actually work towards things that they have promised to work towards before, then I'd be like, I will give it one more try. Mm -hmm. I just don't know that I would think that. Well, because my thing is she hasn't done anything from his point of view to prove that she is ready for this. You know what I mean? She doesn't do anything to make him leave the airport. He's just still hung up on her. All she does is break up with Simon and say, Max, I'm really going to miss you. Mm -hmm. And he's just hung up on her. The only indication we have that she is going to open herself up to love more is the heart song, is that he can hear the heart song. So from my point of view, I'm like, especially if we're looking at this and relating it to a non-fictional world, if someone had a Max and was in a Max and Zoe situation, I would be like, please get on the plane. Please move to New York. This person has done nothing to earn you back. And I think that in that way, I think the... Zoe's arc is kind of everyone who is a Max, which I I think we we are Maxes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Fantasy, right, right. Like this is mm-hmm. everyone's fantasy that the, the person that's emotionally unavailable is gonna have the Zoe arc. If I was to date somebody else, or if I were to leave, they would realize how important I am to them, and they'd put all their bullshit aside and open themselves up to love. And listen, in season three, maybe Zoe will will really do that. I think that's what the heart song is supposed to prove, is that him hearing her heart song is supposed to prove is that she's ready for it. But as of now, like we really have no indication that she's going to be able to do this. I don't know. I just think this show has kind of changed my perspective on like the best friends trope because sometimes I think with best friends, it will always be that one person has more feelings from the other and it will never really even out, which is where like, which whereas with Roses and Simons who are awesome, cool, beautiful people come into your life and you're like, wow, this person instantly appreciates me for who I am and I don't have to fight for these feelings can be this really nice, refreshing thing. But I don't know, maybe in season three, Zoe will really learn to match Max on the level that I think he needs to be matched on. I sure hope she does. And also, I feel like it's changed my idea of like the best friend trope a little bit. But I also feel like, yes, Simons and Roses are great. But is that what love is? Is love just being okay in a relationship that like makes you happy and you like, but you don't feel is like the love? Do you know what I mean? Is that what love yeah. is that what love ends up being in life? Like, I guess I. I mean, I think for some people, like I, I guess maybe what it, the thing is is that for some people that that is enough. But I think mm-hmm. I guess I do understand how like if you really couldn't get this person off your mind. And you have an inkling that they do want to change and give it one more shot. I guess I understand that. I guess I do. 
So yes. this is it, Zoe. Season three. You get <laughs> this it. is it. Your last... one more shot. <laughs> Zoe's extraordinary one last shot. <laughs> to be determined. I am excited though at that. I so my theory is that more people will start to be able to hear the songs too as she opens herself up. To more people. <gasps> like I think eventually Mo will be able to hear the songs. Like her mom. Oh my god. Like I think she's gonna be able to spread this power. That's my that's my prediction. No, I should. Everyone, stay tuned. And you know what? Let's try to keep the love triangles to a minimum in life now. We need to get over love triangles. Let's just let's just know what we want. And if we don't want a person, let's not let's not add them to let's our not little. Lead them on. Yeah. 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 Don't pull yeah. them into your shit. Yeah. Don't pull them into your drama if you know at the end of the day you're just being like emotionally avoidant, but you know what you really want. So that's the you lesson know. of the day. Thank you for joining us. No. <laughs> Thank you for joining everybody. Okay, so we'll wrap it up. You can find Talking Ship Podcast on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Ship Podcast. You can find me at OnlyMegan815. Jimena, where can people find you online? People can find me on Instagram at X-I-M-E-M-E-D-I. Jimemedi at X-I-M-E-M-E-D-I. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And everyone, we're back every Thursday talking about couples from TV and how they relate to our real lives. And we will see you then. Yes, we will. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.